Welcome back to Grazia Life Advice. It's great to have you with us as always. This is Rhiannon Evans and we are all set up to get six life tips from another woman worth listening to. This time, someone who spent decades as one of the biggest names in fashion. I'm Lulu Guinness. I'm the founder of my eponymous handbag brand, which was founded 30 years ago or something. So long ago, I can't remember. With over 30 years of experience in the industry, Lulu has had her fair share of ups and downs. So she's learned not to take things like design too seriously. I do take it seriously. It's my life. But, you know, people can get themselves all tangled up in all sorts of rules, can't they? In a very competitive fashion world, Lulu says it feels good to give others a hand up. It's a tough world. It was a tough world, especially in New York and places like that, you know. If I can, helping other people in any way is... um, you know, it gives you a good feeling. Also coming up, Lulu's advice on something we don't talk about enough, coping with the menopause. Taking HRT for some people is really important. I don't know, we were all made to feel quite guilty about it. You know, it was, anyway, it's got me through and I still take it, I have patches. She is every bit as iconic as one of her handbags. Here she comes, Lulu Guinness. Hi Lulu, how are you? Hello, um, I'm very well. It's very nice to be here. This is, uh, I'm not experienced at at podcasts, so, you know, I hope I don't squeak too much. No squeaking so far. Whereabouts are you sitting? Where are you speaking to us from? I'm sitting in London in my kitchen, and I haven't actually been to London for many months. I've been living in a little house in the country, and um, I came up today because I have no Wi-Fi or technical things. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to speak to you properly. And so um, in your honour, I'm here in my London kitchen. Now, obviously, we know you from your eponymous bag and accessories brand. Tell us a little bit about the brand. And it's been around for 30 years already, hasn't it? It's been around. I started it when I was uh, actually 29, 30. So, um, and I'm 61 now. So you do the maths. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I've been doing it for an awfully long time. (laughs) Um, And I've done all sorts of different things. Um, I've designed, you know, I was very lucky. Um, things you know happened for me and I worked extremely hard um and had two daughters and I've just during lockdown you know like everyone I've taken a bit of time to um stare into space which you can Mm. do when you know you're a little older it's quite nice do you still have that passion for designing and fashion and handbags still today of course I mean well, everything. You know, I'm very keen on interiors. I'm very keen on flower arranging. And now, um, at age 60, I finally got into gardening. Um, it was one of those things that I never thought I would. But they always say to you, um, <laughs> you will. And I'm now one of those people that talks about whether it rain. you know, we've had the rain or, or, you know, all that kind of thing, which never used to bother me. I'm, yeah, I'm passionate. I'm born creative and I can't help it I just design the entire time so that is the upside of of my brain yeah 
And your bags are in the V&A. You just recently, at the beginning of last year, launched your King Street store. Yes, um, the bags being in the V&A is great because um, the V&A sort of started my career. I was very lucky, very early. I created a, a flower basket um, with roses in it because it was quite a sort of uh, fae or kind of you know dreamy concept that I had roses in my house and um, I wanted to be able to carry them around with me all day so I was like wouldn't it be good if you had a bag that looked like a vase of flowers and that was uh, you know (laughs) the basis of my entire career so it was all quite sort of dreamy um, at the time Uh, like you know you are very you know you can be like that when you before you start the reality of actually well if this is going to be what you do how is it going to function and make money and employ people and you know all that kind of thing Mm. so I think um, creativity plus commerce is a never-ending thing you know it's very very difficult to get right people loved uh, these rose baskets because they made them smile and laugh and they were sort of magical um and I realized what a lovely feeling that gave me do you sort of mean so it was all quite sort of dreamy how I started yeah I feel that things have gone back to this this sort of uh, serious creativity now you know creativity being really really treasured and sort of taken seriously and people want they don't want to just keep buying things um they want this one thing that's yeah. got a lot of thought into it. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you as well about your Lulu Loves initiative, which is about working with other female artists you you love too, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's, it's had a bit of a juddery start, I'll have to say, because of lockdown. You know, um, you don't want to blame everything on lockdown, but, um, you know, it, it didn't go quite as planned, but, you know, it's it's in as much as we decided to do it as a, a project within the shop because we opened a shop a couple of weeks before lockdown and have the different women's art in the shop, not online. So um, we started like that, but I think I'm going to have a relaunch of Lulu Loves. Yeah, I've got some wonderful women. I've always, you know, stuck up for women. It's always been my my thing. You know, what I really like is a bit of a laugh. You know, I don't want to be seen as someone that takes uh, design too seriously. I mean, I do take it seriously. It's my life. But, you know, people can get themselves all tangled up in all sorts of rules, can't they, generally in life. So no rules for life here, but some pieces of advice that you have enjoyed and and had passed down to you. And if we could start with your first piece of best advice, which is to take one day at a time. Is that something that you make a conscious effort to do? Um, yes, I was taught this and um, it, it sounds quite, it sounds easy in theory, but of course it's very, very difficult and planning, a lot of plans, a lot of appointments, a lot of uh, things for the future. I mean, yes, you need them to a certain extent, of course. Um, you know, the world's got to turn around. But um, worrying about things that haven't happened it takes up an awful lot of people's time. Just anxiety around future events. It hasn't happened, but yet you worry yourself sick about it. And tr- learning to try and not 
do that and keep yourself in the day, in the act. I mean, when you're suffering from proper, proper anxiety, you even have to keep yourself in the hour. It's very, it's much more difficult than you think. Are you a worrier naturally? Do you, do you get anxious? Do you have to stop yourself? Oh, of course. Madly. I suppose there are people that don't, but um, I haven't really met them. No. <laughs> um, yes, it would be wonderful. <laughs> Do you know anyone that doesn't worry? worry? You know what? I don't. I don't. I know people. I know people who say, "Oh, I try not to worry," and they seem relaxed. But I think everybody has those moments, don't they? Kind of a uh, duck's feet under the water, worrying. As you get older, I always remember I had this very. Um, sort of mentorish uh, godmother, I think you would call her. And she used to say things to me like, you know, oh, I'm so glad I'm not your age, you know, when I was sort of 21, 23. And I used to go, why, you know, and thinking, oh, God, you know, I would hate to be as old as her. <laughs> um, and she used to say, I just don't worry about things. Yeah. So what other people think anymore so much, you know, when you're young, you just worry so much about other people's opinions and that kind of thing. And now I just don't care. And it's very, um, it is very freeing. Can you explain your second piece of advice to me? Yes, I put in the notes, um, you never get to your goal. And I think it's back to that old thing of, um, you know, it's the journey, not the destination or whatever so I've seen many people um, over the years um, get very successful or achieve what they think they always wanted in life um, you know whether it's being famous or making a lot of money or um, having lots of children whatever it is and they think being something else you know than they are now you know if I could be x then I'd be happy if I could be y then I'd be happy you know the point is what I I've learned um through experience is that um people never are once so the ones I have seen not everyone achieves their goals but what I'm saying is the people that do get these things then they want more so what I'm saying is it's very, you know, you never actually get to this top of the mountain that you then go, ah, because something else comes along. Just striving towards a goal is actually quite a happy place to be. You're obviously at the top of your game with the, you know, the brand going from strength to strength. I mean, do you try and come up with Thank new you goals? Very much. Or- <laughs> but do you find it hard to always set new goals and keep moving? I think what I learned also was that the good feeling you get when you help other people, you know, it's not you just being marvellous at all. It, you, it comes back to you in bucket loads, you know. So my purpose is to just, you know, just try and include people. I do have a thing about women I help. You know, they don't have to be young women getting into the business. Um, and with the artists, one of them is 70 it's when people are new back to things. I mean, being in the fashion business, you know, because it, it's a tough world. It was a tough world, especially in New York and places like that, you know. If I can, helping other people in any way is, um, you know, it gives you a good feeling. Absolutely. Help people up, definitely. Your third piece of advice is that confidence is everything especially when you give it to a child explain why you think that's so important and where you've come to learn it in your life yeah um 
my dad used to say that, used to say it to me. And again, I didn't really understand it. Um, you know, actually, I was brought up in the school of, um, you know, don't be so pleased with yourself or, you know, making sure your head didn't get big. You know, like if you won something or you you did anything good, just sort of playing it down in case you got cocky <laughs> or sort of above yourself, you know. So I was brought up in quite a hard school in that way by my mother. But my dad, he just, he was very successful. And he just used to say, if you can give a child confidence, um, you've given them everything. I don't mean by confidence that you're kind of pleased with yourself and you're sort of needing attention to perform sort of thing. It's just not to be terrified of everything, you know? I think I really just want to keep encouraging people to have the confidence to do things maybe take the first step life is uh, is cyclical um and it's never all good or all bad you know i've seen that with my two daughters you know for them to both be happy is it you know it's, it's a balance isn't it helping people to keep their self esteem up is very important if you're creative if you want to actually earn your money to live by your creativity, then you do need the confidence to go and show it to people, you know. And you talked about having two daughters. Do you think it's especially important for women to have confidence built in from an early age? Yes, I, I do. I think the world's changing so much at the moment. You know, I think I would have been much more sure of my answers uh, uh, at one stage replying to you oh men are x y and z women are x y and z I just think we've all had the most enormous shake-up I think a lot of things that were I should have changed before are now being forced to it's not just all men sitting around a boardroom spouting the usual I did used to think people in business suits knew more than I did um just because uh, that's how I'd been sort of conditioned, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I find it very important to surround myself with women, actually. And I have a, a women CEO. I always find my business is, is a happier place with that. I I, I think it's um, maybe harder for men to get help and, you know, talk to their friends. People of my age group, they didn't talk to their male friends about things that... Um, they needed to. Absolutely. We'll be back with more from Lulu after this. We're still here with Lulu Guinness and I'd love you to tell us your fourth piece of advice, please. Yes, accept the things you cannot change. Um, I think uh, that was a piece of advice given to me very early on, well, 30 years ago or something. And again, you can hear these things, but you hear them differently all the way through your life. So... Um, a lot of people who have been anxious in childhood and all these things are have control issues, you know, that they're not happy unless they're in control. As I said, you know, I ha I've brought up two daughters and they both had totally different personalities and different issues and different things. So it is through experience. So in the AA Alcoholics Anonymous program, you have this uh, thing that says... Um, accept the things you cannot change and the courage to change the things you can. So um, basically, it comes back to my thing of in the beginning about worrying about things that haven't happened yet or 
you know, it's about control. So there are some things in life you can change. You can actively take action and it, for the better. But there are some things you can't change, which are facts. But that could be anything from the fact, you know, things that are in concrete. And it can also do to do with people's personalities. Like, you know, you can't go around changing people to, to suit you. You've got to let people be themselves, I feel. I think you can make them change for a certain amount of time. But in the end, it will only come back to bite you, if you see what I mean. So sort of be wise about what you can change in the world or in your workplace or in your home. But um, accept the things you cannot change. So acceptance is an awfully big lesson in life. The calmer you'll feel is the more acceptance you have around whatever issue it is. You know, if you can just accept something and then work from that. Um, Because I actually still meet people in their 60s. I'm quite shocked by it. Well, I'm not shocked, but I feel sorry for them. You know, they're still talking about issues to do with their parents. Um, And I feel, you know, they're still... Their life is still ruled by how they were treated as a child in one way or another. And I just think that's tragic. You know, you've got to let go of things along the the way. I'm amazed how people, maybe people as they get older sort of reflect back more. I don't know. But um, living with any sort of resentment is really uh, not necessary it's not a good place to be. No, absolutely. And I think it doesn't, sometimes, you know, there's a lot, isn't there, about looking into your past and thinking about how things have come to be and a lot of therapizing, but also sometimes you have to just let things go. Yeah, but when you're in your yeah. 60s, <laughs> I think you should have worked through it. It shouldn't be the dominant thing in your life still. And, I, and it is, and it's what people drink on and things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But linked to that is your fifth piece of advice, which I love. And I think that it's great that we're hearing this more and more, which is that getting older is not all bad. Is that something you find every day? Well, I I mean, what makes me laugh so much is my 24-year-old daughter thinks someone that's 28 or someone that's 30 is like beyond... You know, and then you sort of get, you hear that and they're like, no, they're really old, mummy. And I'm like, well, how old, you know? And they say, oh, like 30. And you say, you sort of get it in perspective. But um, yeah, it's just that thing of not seeing people once they're over. Um, You stop being seen as a woman. That's something I never minded the tiniest bit about. A lot of women do mind. Yeah, just that sort of general thing that you have as a young person about, once people get to a certain age, they sort of don't count or, or whatever. Um, I just think, you know, the societies that uh, we're hopefully getting back to more, you know, always I, when I'm in the traveling for my business, it was always, you know, it was always very much this, um, you know, the grandparents being so venerated and seen as these wise people rather than um, put out the way as, or, you know, not listened to, ignored was I all I saw that very early on that that was a much nicer kind of way and um but I also think it's really important because older people do have wisdom but the best thing about it is you don't have to do the the nitty-gritty um you know 
I always have like been a sort of workaholic and everything. If I sat down, I felt guilty, you know, that sort of person. I'm beginning to sort of, as I say, you know, stop and stare and, you know, not always having to be in the middle of 50 things. You know, it is quite, it is nice. I think humor in old age is really good. I follow a um, one Instagram and he's hysterical about different things that happen when you're older. Um, there was one the other day about which, you know, I totally uh, identified with, which is, <laughs> and when you're driving, you have to turn down the volume to see better. I mean, if you're not old, you don't understand that. <laughs> But suddenly, like, you know, your your brain can't... T- I mean, you can laugh a hell of a lot, yeah. you know. I, I think um, it's the next thing, you know, we've to address. And now I think we've just got to stop being so ageist. Especially with my customers, I, I think that. Why is a young, edgy person uh, more desirable as a customer than... I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, I just think young people are absolutely brilliant, but I just think they're not the only people, you know? And actually, smart like a lot of smarter brands now, are, are they call it the silver pound, don't they? are attacking those older markets because they know that they have the time, the money, you know, and kind of the interest. Yes. Well, I mean, it's just unintelligent, isn't it? I mean, when do you have the least money in your life? Uh, is, you know, with your first job and trying to pay rent and all that kind of thing, you know. Well, we were so lucky we didn't have that whole rent thing. And, you know, my generation are incredibly lucky with uh, rentals and jobs and things like that. We didn't worry so much. We just didn't worry. We just thought it... I mean, I really, when I was young, I thought, I just didn't worry about anything for the future. I mean, I just thought, oh, it will all work out. Yeah. Somehow... I think that's what we all thought. Whereas my girls in their 20s and things, you know, they're already getting their pension sorted and all these things and are very worried about their futures. Well, I don't blame them because they've had such a horrible time trying to go to university, trying to graduate, trying to get a job, you know. Um, So I think we need to give um, everyone as much support as possible. Um, And the pandemic... The silver lining is that people have become more caring, I think. Or or you have to listen. You have to listen now, don't you? Absolutely. And just to go back to something you were talking about, the guy you follow on Instagram, your sixth piece of advice is that laughter is the best medicine. That's something you talk about that is important in your brand too and the way you approach things. Has that always been the case? I think that's a family thing. I think I was brought up, you know, that if you do, just laughed as the most important... I mean, literally, it was the number one priority in my family. I know that sounds quite extreme. I didn't think of it as extreme at the time, but being a good good at telling jokes and a good banterist and having good timing and, you know... Um, and I was brought up with all brothers and, you know, very male sporty household which I think is why I um maybe why I became so feminine um but yeah I for me uh, the best compliment you could give me rather than your handbag's beautiful is almost oh she's really funny I know that's I think that's to do with what was considered important 
we used to get this thing where, you know, we just cried with laughter. And there's nothing like that. Well, exactly. This is normally within your family and your friends, isn't it? And that familiarity, is it something you also try and build into your business dealings or do you draw a line, a separate line? Yeah, I tend to tease people, you know, not in a mean bully girl way, I, I hope, but more just to sort of, it's a bit of a cliche to say, you know, you're designing a bag, you're not a brain surgeon or whatever, but the thing you think every time you go to a funeral, um, isn't it? Like, I'm going to live my... I'm going to live my life as if every day is my last. You know, you think that every time and then you never do. Do you know what I mean? So it is, it's about today. It's about, um, I just like laughter. I really love people that make me laugh. And so I try and maybe just automatically try and do it for other people. Yeah. And who did you spend lockdown with? Did you have friends and family around you to laugh with? (laughs) Uh, uh, I had my partner as your co- so I've got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I have a partner of fifteen years, and um, we d- we did it in in a little cottage in the country. Um, I spoke to my children every day because I decided to move out of London about two years ago. You know, I decided to downscale work, but I've had a three three-year rest now or two-year rest so I'm feeling you know I was sort of exhausted truly exhausted Mm -hmm. um and I was in mourning as well so Mm -hmm. you know I gave myself I think what I did was I gave myself time for the first time in my life that thing of sitting with yourself um actually letting the Mm -hmm. all those things come not distracting with um design meetings and you know all those things um and I feel better for it so I know I've mm. done my morning properly I haven't um mm. you know sort of pushed it away yeah can I ask we always like to finish the interview on a worst piece of advice you've ever been given the worst piece of advice is quite interesting so when I knew I was going to answer this I was like I've I thought and thought and I couldn't think of anything. And then I asked everyone, sort of random people I came across, I said, you know, I've been asked about a bad piece of advice and I just can't think of one. I can think of all these good things. Isn't that funny? Um, But then this morning coming up on the train, I remembered, uh, you know, actually something that I think a lot of people will suffer from, which is... Uh, not taking medication for either a mental health issue or when you go through menopause, you know, everyone says, well, you're, you're generally made to feel in my day, you know, quite guilty if you take HRT, you know, oh, there's a natural way and all of these things. I also think uh, menopause is like pregnancy. No one has the same thing you know it's different for everyone so and some people have nothing and some people I knew I was going to have a bad time because I had um, postnatal depression that's how I first got my depression was Mm -hmm. after the birth of my first child and they said you know I'm afraid your depression seems to be hormonal your menopause is going to be not going to be fun and it sure wasn't But I think taking HRT for some people is really important. 
I don't know, we were all made to feel quite guilty about it. You know, it was, anyway, it's got me through and I still take it. I have patches and it's like uh, with mental health. Sometimes it isn't a healthy substitute. I mean, we are very lucky that we live in this day and age where we do have access to things like this. I mean, without medication, I wouldn't function as a, you know, like Mm. I do. And so, yes, um, of course, I want things to be natural and healthy and plant-based and all these things. And I try and, you know, do as many healthy things as I can. But in some cases, you do need proper medication. And don't listen to all these other people that talk about it, um, who actually don't know, you know, it's all, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. the talk, chattering classes, isn't it? it? Not everyone needs it, but some, sometimes you do and you, you should get professional advice whether you take things or not, I think. No, I totally agree. You know, we venerate doctors and in so many cases, don't we? You know, surgery, broken legs. And sometimes when it comes to women's health and mental health, we don't seem to think the same way. And it's so strange because we should always go to experts. And also the thing is, it's a very difficult one because everyone gets at a slightly different age. I never had any of these hot flushes or sweat, you know, anything Mm. like that, which is some people's main thing. Um, I just felt totally mad. I felt as if the top of my head was going to come off, you know, with steam. (laughs) But I'm just saying, you know, each person is different and no two pregnancies are the same and no two menopauses are the same. And you sometimes just have to be different and just, you know, you might have to take medicine. And aren't we lucky to have it? Absolutely. No, we absolutely are. Thank you so much for joining us, Lulu. I've absolutely loved talking to you and hearing all of your life advice. Thank you. I hope so. Handbag brand founder Lulu Guinness with some great life advice. A brilliant woman to speak to. I so hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I did. As always, thank you for being with us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review Grazia Life Advice in your podcast player. And do spread the word. Tell a friend who you think would enjoy listening to these chats. See you next time.